This is episode 185 of the Guardian Project podcast, and here with my body count, Andy. <laughs> and I'm a necro savant, Mike Coyle. <laughs> Please listen carefully. And this is the podcast about Commander, our favorite Magic the Gathering format. And this week, we are here to talk about numbers. That's right. It is our big stats episode. Andy and I have been tracking every single Commander game that we have played over the course of the year of 2022. And we are here to cover all of our statistics um, from every single one of those games and and talk about all of our data see i thought body count was it was very it was very good for this episode it, it was, was. <laughs> i'm i'm i followed up with with something that uh necro savant i hope it has nothing to do with body count Ooh, we'd be a good duo then yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> hey we have a new patron sam from commander crunch thank you so much for becoming a patron welcome to the project yes uh your job is to brainstorm the next project because we're lost yeah, we don't we don't know what we're doing in this project Not anymore. We don't even know what class it is anymore. No, it's new semester, new school, new us, new mm. school, new school, new school. I mean, that is when you get to reinvent yourself, right? Yeah. When you go to a brand new school, then you can be the edgy kid that wears a leather jacket, but still wearing regular tennis shoes. Sure, PJs too. At, no, PJ we don't pants, wear PJ jackets? pants out in public. Oh, that is, come on. This is not that show, but <laughs> I'm fine with the leather jacket. We're not going out in pajama pants. What do you think this is? <laughs> it's comfort. That's what it is. <laughs> it's comfort. Thank you so much, Sam, for becoming a patron. And thank you to everybody who listens to our show every single week. If you would like to support us, you can head over to patreon.com slash Pod and donate for any dollar amount where you can get access to sweet swag, patron deck techs. You can get access us to second main and commander leagues which we have going on all year yes and if you're looking for another way to support the podcast whatever platform you're enjoying the podcast on now if you could subscribe rate review leave some comments we'd be really appreciative um you can find us online by simply going on over to google and searching for guardian project our website is guardianprojectpodcast.com you can find all of our episodes there um, if you haven't already found them elsewhere, we're on Twitch at uh, twitch.tv slash Guardian Project Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Guardian Pod, Instagram at Instagram, Instagram, Instagram at Instagram at Guardian Project Podcast. Um, you can find us on YouTube at youtube.com slash The Guardian Project. And you can email us at guardianprojectpod at gmail.com. And we have a lot to talk about. So let's open up Excel now. Okay, so like we mentioned last year, before we start going through all this data, we we want to mention that you should take all of this with a grain of salt. Mm -hmm. um, these stats represent personal playgroups, new decks, testing, changes, misplays, takebacks, all all that sorts of stuff. We're not mine even includes an Unfinity game, three player games, no five player games this year, which is kind of nice, and no one player. I have no one v one, so I don't have <laughs> right. any two player games. Same, same. I don't have any this year. So while we're going to present a ton, a ton of information, lots of it, probably not even just one episode. Probably going to go into two episodes, mm -hmm. or maybe three. Who knows? Who knows? Um, this is not the end all be all of what makes commander commander, or wait, what makes a deck powerful, or the right build, or the wrong build. Um, since everybody plays things differently and they play the cards differently, and you know, very situational. Um, this is also just a sample of data. So while we track these things. These are not tracked by everybody. Mm -hmm. um, and we're just using this to contextualize our games and allow us to really adjust you know, our deck builds accordingly. Um, it's also all manual. Yes. So um, lots of cleanup at the end of the year when I go through and I realize <laughs> I've spelled the same commander's name wrong you know, three at, times. At or... least you consistently spelled it wrong so the, so the filtering doesn't get messed up. Right? Yeah, well, no, I went through and I changed them all. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, no, I had like... <clears throat> couple hours cleanup no honestly. no Oz Greer in your commander list huh no okay no Oz Greer no but but <laughs> you know I before E except after C mm -hmm. things like you know all, most of the time yeah most of the time <laughs> most of the time when I'm <laughs> typing it um I wish I wish Excel would you know would do the underline like in word like you, you misspelled that this. would be nice I had bright shrill colossus okay. bright steel colossus sure. um my biggest issues are spaces, like between player and four is was a big problem for me. Player two, player three, fine. 
this isn't a very certain column of category for me. Player four. Sometimes I forgot this base, so I had a lot of two different categories of player fours in some of mine. You don't just name the column player four and then just type their name and uh, going down. So I I also track what order people get eliminated in and by whom. So like when player two eliminates player four. Oh yeah, yeah. Our sheets are not identical. Are we not. track the same thing, but we do we do them differently. Mm -hmm. uh, so pivot tables are also created and take quite some time. So let's get into it though, because we have a lot of fun stuff we want to talk yes. about. Starting with the total number of games we played, which mm -hmm. for me this year was three hundred and twenty-four games. Yes, I only played a one hundred thirty-seven games. One thirty-seven. Um, but I think that was still more than what I had last year. So my, my count is up by, I think, about 15 games. Not by too much more, but it's more. I'm up by 14 games from last year. Nice. Which was 42 games down from the year before that, which I played. 365? 366, Six? Oh, because yeah. there was a stinking leap year. <laughs> so 2020, I did one game for every single day of the year. Last year, I said I will never do that again. Mm -hmm. And I, st I think I'm going to stick with that. It felt like a chore at the end of the year. I'd rather just play the games that I think are fun and track them and not worry about having to get to the end. Unless you're at 355 come December. If I was at 355 come December 1st. Yeah. 10 games. Sure. Okay. But if I got to like 355 on December, like... 28th yeah no. i'm not doing it and there's you can't make me no no one um, can make you <laughs> no one can make you so uh it was more than i thought i was playing because i i don't i try not to look and i try not to break down any of the data early in the year mm -hmm. i don't want it to skew right. i don't want it to affect what decks i naturally want to pull out and play mm -hmm. you can tell when you've played a certain commander more than other commanders yeah. and you can tell when you but i said if i if i find out the number now mm -hmm. i might Play it more just to make sure yeah. nothing else. I want to make sure this data comes up in the stats. Yeah, episode. yeah. So, <laughs> so I try not to look at any of it, and that's just my own my sure. own preference because sure. I don't I don't want to see what the what the scoop is, and I and I try not to look at win percentages. Yeah, um, which is what we talk about next. Yes, which is overall win percentage. We've talked about this in the past, and we said before a twenty five percent win rate would be fun. That'd be great mm -hmm. because everybody has an equal chance of winning a game. Mm -hmm. And I think we still stick by that. That's fun. Um, you want to win a couple commander games. You don't want to build a deck that's very expensive and never win. Um, unless you just want to have fun with it. Unless you just want to have fun. Yep. But I do think, though, that... You that still probably want to win. You want to win a few times, yeah. right? You want, you want it to do its thing. And I guess if just doing its thing is seeing a combo, you can certainly do that. Mm -hmm. um, but if you wanted to focus on winning, mm -hmm. which this is a very casual format... Um, winning is still fun. So we still wanted to put something behind that. And we yeah. said 25% is um, where we think it would be fair and what we've tried in the past to adjust our decks to try to hit. Um, although I have too many decks now and I'm not sure I am doing myself a favor um, <laughs> at this point by building more because I'm not really doing a ton of adjusting sure, sure. except on the very old ones. Mm, that's so true. That's true. Um, what was your win percentage this year so my win percentage i i had 29 wins on the season on the season on the, on year, the season uh for a 21.16788 percent win rate um and as we break down the numbers a little bit further um we'll we'll talk about you know a little bit more on that split but yeah uh just over 20 percent so one in every five just over one in every five games i was winning so less than the 25 percent um but still having a lot of fun playing the game so I, I never felt like i was losing a disproportionate number of time over the year yeah so i mean it, it's it's okay 20%. i know that's where i wish i was because right so i ended at 33 33 okay. so sure. it was, was 32.7 which is almost identical to what i had last year okay so there really wasn't a change mm -hmm. um and i think a lot of the discussion that that came out after our show release last year was that 30, 30 some percent, because I was saying, I wonder if it was too high. Mm -hmm. And there were a lot of people saying, probably not, because you play more games than the average player. Sure. And you have been playing for a long time and skill should be factored in. And what you can't really, you know, you can't really do. If you're playing with four people that all had even, I mean, it's a perfect world, identical decks. Yeah. Someone might play it 
or pilot it much better than sure. somebody else, you know? So um, or, I ended or, up at 30, 32.7%. Nice. I mean, I, yeah, I, I agree with yeah. you. It's not that bad. It's not 40%. It's not 50%. It's not glaring like that or anything. Some of the decks that I will say that uh, when we get to it has a very high win percentage. Me too. But that's completely fair. I'm excited. That's, I think, the thing I'm most excited to talk about yeah. this year. And, and I think that's a good a good thing to bring up is that whole 25% we talked about would be like an overall win percentage. But should we instead be looking at individual deck win rates to be 25%? Because if I play a deck that has a 100% win rate because it won 10 games out of 10 games, then that deck probably isn't being played in the right pods, right? I disagree with what I have this year. Well, I, I, yeah, have I guess we'll have the examples later on, but I mean, just the, the, the whole overall win percentage versus an individual dex win percentage. Like, is what's what's the difference in the correlation for, for us? Would we care more about an overall win percentage? Do I say, I'm going to play this less optimal deck to get my losses down because this deck is ha does have 100% win con? Is this 100% win con? Is this 100% win rate commander deck winning because of an abnormal reason though and i think that's what we're going to get into later maybe we'll see yeah because i don't at least what i have and what i, I don't want to get too far into it yes. and, and deviate right now but i think that i just have it's a situation where it happened mm -hmm. and i don't think i'm going to make a change at all to the deck okay it's just very good okay it just, it just happened to be good um now we tracked a lot of stuff this year that we hadn't tracked in years past um, so we're going to talk about that stuff first because we've got, we've got a lot of information, but let's start with the new stuff, um, which you have the first one here, which is the, the average turn or just the turn the game ended. So we're going to talk about average games, your longest game and your shortest game, and then, you know, chat about it. Very excited. About I this. don't track this. Mike tracks this. Yes. Just looking at this graph, I'm going to, I'm just going to just flip this around and show it to you real quick. Very exciting to see these high of numbers in these very specific turns. So we definitely have some very good trends here to learn something from how long our games are. Games were very predominantly ended between turns seven through 11 with 23 games ending on turn seven, 23 games ending on turn eight, 21 games ending on turn nine and 21 games ending on turn 10 and 20 games ending on turn 11 for 108 of the total 137 games played. Wow, yeah, so that's almost all between seven and 11. So very close to 80%, 78.8% of all games uh, ended between turns seven and 11. Um, my shortest game was a four turn game wow. uh, where your husband uh, went, just had the cards for his Zaxara deck. Oh, I heard about the real this. infinite and heard just about this. one on four. It was, it was a beautiful, beautiful thing. Um, my longest game was uh, a 16 turn game. Oh, wow. Can you guess what kind of game that was? Off the top? Oh, it's a 40K pre-con game. Yep. Yeah. To turn 16, where the first player was eliminated on turn 12. The second player was eliminated on 13. And then it took four turns for the final two players to finally come with a conclusion. Wow. So, um, but other than that, the distribution is very sparse um, outside like turn 12. We had a eight games that was the next highest but everything else was under 10 games um so yeah really really glaringly obvious that turn seven to 11 are where your games are going to end even turn six there was only three games that ended there huge jump right to turn seven sure. really cool stuff sure um what was okay so the the longest game was was a pre-con game yep all four pre-cons all four pre-cons and then the other games that were above turn 11 um i assume were also either lower power or maybe more on the pre-con scale uh maybe um when i was looking at the trends it seemed to be a lot of control type of decks in there i know one of these 15 turn ones was actually a three-player game where you were playing noyandar Oh, yeah. And that's my fault then, because I'm sure I wiped the board like six times. It was, and it was things like five. It was Hall Breacher. It was the time when Hall Breacher Horror was bounced back and forth from oh, the hand like I, eight okay, turns in a row. Okay, I do remember this because I bounced something <laughs> and then Mike would remove it and then I would, you know, mm -hmm. okay, I do remember that game. 
So poor, it, it didn't take that long in time because every turn was bounce that, bounce that. Okay, I'm going to replay Colin this, McClock, bounce that. Who was caught, who was caught <laughs> between the two of us because that was a three-person game that I remember going to the point where we were like, we have to be done. Mm-hmm. 15, I want to play another game. 15-turn three-player game, very abnormal, but it exists right Wow, here. okay. Awesome. So the, the new thing, the first new thing that I tracked this game was Companions. Yeah, so how many Companions did you play? I played 16 games okay. against Companions. And there were eight different companions that were in that grouping. Okay. Um, it was always just a single person. There was never a, a game where there was more than one person that was playing a companion okay. deck. Um, and the most popular companion, I, I you know, get, if you if you had to guess, it's and it's not it's not Obash or Karuga. <laughs> oh, it's not Karuga. It's not Karuga. Then it's uh, Gairuda. No, it's Gigantha. Oh, okay. Gigantha sure. the Wellspring. So Gigantha is a, uh, a a five color companion that says no card in your starting deck may have more than one of the same uh, mana symbol in its cost. And it taps to add white, blue, black, red, green spent to cast generic mana costs only. Um, I, I played against Gigantha more than any other companion. Uh, Karuga was three times, Obosh was three times, and everybody else was only once oh, uh, or wow. twice. So um, I think companion is is difficult. I You're putting a restriction on a deck. It's not something that I want to do, but every time that I saw it this year, it, w- it was always fun. Umori, I honestly thought that I played against Umori a lot more than I had, but I only played against Umori uh twice yeah so um that was the one companion i actually played against this year umori twice yeah so maybe we were both in those games um but i i was expecting to have more but i will say it kind of dropped off after like april yeah it was all beginning of the year stuff Mm -hmm. it and i don't the last time i saw one was actually i did see one in december i think it was two games against obosh but otherwise the majority of it was the beginning of the the year. I, I still see the companions getting played very often as like your commander and stuff. We had we had a Loris commander on our stream. Uh, yeah, as commander, ago. absolutely. As, as commander. But these are these are specifically companions right. as as companions. And then I also tracked backgrounds this year. So oh, I did welcome. track them separately. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I tracked them separately. I don't track them um, as like a partner pairing. Sure. I track them separately and as a partner pairing. So it's not just as as the partner pairing. So I played against 29 uh, decks that that used backgrounds. Mm-hmm. Um, the background that was played the most was Shameless Charlatan at 10 times. Mm-hmm. Uh, nine times of those Shameless Charlatans was against your deck yep. that Makes was sense. using a Shameless Charlatan. Makes sense. Um, but I played against Passionate Archaeologist, Cultist of the Absolute, Street Urchin, and Master Chef two times, and everything else was just a single time. So it was, it was Shameless Charlatan was like, worlds ahead of all the others yeah um makes sense and then when you played against some of the the commanders uh like the pre-con commander decks like passionate archaeologists came from that yeah i i would i would have expected honestly to see those more but it was not shameless charlatan was from the actual set correct correct yeah so that one yeah, was great. I'm I'm surprised that Haunted One wasn't a little bit higher because I know I have my Ellen Harbury's Haunted One deck. That would have been one of the pre-con backgrounds, but that would be the only one I would think of that maybe you would see there. But yeah, really cool um, backgrounds are great. Are you going to continue to track that for next year too? Yeah, it, it didn't take it didn't take any extra work. I mean, I was already typing it in for the commander, so I said I'll put it in this extra column so I can. But when Wizards of the Coast uh, six months into the year comes out with another partner mechanic, then you'll have to track that one too. I mean, I only add one column for it, to be honest. So sure. it's it's not too difficult. It's just I'm over into like AE at this point. Sure. AG. Sure. Yeah, it's <laughs> uh, true. Uh, so it's just it's a, lot of, a lot of data per game. To yeah, it's scrolling really far. It's scrolling really, really far to the right. Um, you were also going to track how well pregame chats were going to go. This yeah, year. so I'm excited to talk about this one because it. I was pleasantly surprised in the end. Um, so I started tracking whether or not the pregame chat was successful, which obviously we know is subjective. Yes, very much. So. Um, but I feel like I was also overly strict with it because sure. I didn't want to write down, oh, the pregame chat didn't go well. 
because someone won that sure. or or did really well. Sometimes decks are just going to work exceptionally well. That's right. Hey, I got beat by a Zaxara deck on turn four that didn't have like super fast mana built no, into it. No, and sometimes so decks are just going to not perform at all. Like, you're gonna, yeah, that's true you're gonna, too. You're going to have three lands in your opening hand mm -hmm. and you're not going to draw one for eight turns. And it's going to be on stream. It, it's going to be your Timon and Rota deck. Yeah, and it's going to be so again. embarrassing. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, but I was in that game for a long time. Because you were. everybody felt so bad for me because I just, I wasn't doing anything. It works out. Um, so I was overly strict with it because I didn't want it to be skewed in any way where it sounded like you you said it was un, uh, not a, not a successful pregame chat just because things didn't go your way, right? Sure, sure, sure. So um, overall, there were only six games this year where I wrote that it was truly not a successful pregame chat. Okay. Um, the first one was we were playing against a Yuriko deck, okay. so Blue Black Ninjas, and we were told it wasn't that kind of Yuriko deck. <laughs> and on turn three, it, a Temporal Trespass was flipped, and mm -hmm. then they proceeded to take extra turns starting on turn four. And it sure. was like, okay... This is it's um, exactly that kind of Yuri. Yeah. Deck. So it was, it was unfortunate that, you know, that, that you got to that. Um, we had a game where a new player mm -hmm. uh, was in the pod at our LGS. Okay. And so uh, me and the other player said, you know, what should, you know, what do we want to do? And so we said, let's play a, a game where no one's really going to win till probably like turn 10 or later. Sure. Like we're going to play something where there's like really no, no way to win uh early on so i this was pre um additions from neon dynasty so i was like well neambi takes forever to play it truly takes forever to play sure and so i grabbed neambi and someone played a yarrick deck mm -hmm. that won on turn five with infect against two people and turn six against the other person and we mm. were like okay did the other person know what infect was do you have to explain the infect mechanic to, to the, the new, player, new player we had to explain yeah why so two it, people got so that was out of the game. yeah so it was unfortunate um that that happened so early we had uh i had a game uh where i played against a taza karlov deck um and it won on turn four okay and we were like okay uh that we weren't really that wasn't really what we were expecting mm -hmm. um we had someone who overestimated their 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 deck they're underestimated and they they had the whole game they're like oh my god i am so like this is not Mm -hmm. I am not, I should not be in this pod. Mm -hmm. And um, so I, we, and it wasn't a big deal, whatever, play it and we'll go to a new game. Sure. But the whole time they were like, I, I really, I really misjudged this. They kept apologizing. We're like, it is, it's fine. Mm -hmm. Let's just, we'll just, just win, just mm -hmm. win. And they did. Yeah. And they were like, I'm not going to play this again. And so we had that. And then finally, um, one thing that we've said before, when there's money on the line, it's not always um, conducive to, um fun times fun times i guess sure I <laughs> casual guess, play i guess it's that's, not conducive to casual play sure and and this was this was at our lgs as well we had um a player who showed up with with and it was truly a cedh deck after looking through it at the end it was only winning with demonic consultation of Thassa's oracle sure and, and there was nothing we could do and i usually bring four decks with me mm -hmm. um so that i have a good a good range but i had i have nothing for right. that i don't bring my cedh deck with me to the lgs usually right. i only use it for streams when i get to play with content creator friends usually right. of course. or when our small group gets together mm -hmm. um so i had nothing and so there were two of those because it was it was both games yep. and we did ask if if they wouldn't mind playing somebody else's deck, but there was money on the line, and they said, "I I would like to just play my deck." And so we we just did game two, yep. and uh, and it happened, and so and then we were not. So it was only six games, though. sure. So out of three hundred twenty four, six is not bad. That's fantastic. And they were pretty spread out throughout the year. It wasn't like other than the uh, two that happened the same day. Other correct. Yeah. Other and that was that was this fall. Yeah. Um. So it it really wasn't it wasn't bad. I I think that pregame chats went pretty well Good. and i do like that after we have our streams usually after we get off twitch or we're on anybody else's stream we chat for like 15 minutes mm -hmm. and where I, the winner of the pod always apologizes even if it was totally fair and everything was fine yeah and i had that happen <laughs> with emperor light pause this year yeah and i didn't mark that i thought that it wasn't a successful pregame chat when we discussed it before going on a stream we knew what the deck would yeah. do and after the game i apologized like that and i was like i didn't i didn't really honestly until you see sure. something in person sometimes i didn't think it would be that consistent right and i have not played light pause honestly since mm -hmm. and that was a new deck i put together this year but also it's not that expensive to build because it's all just kind of cheap enchantments oh, for yeah. the most part um 
But I didn't mark that one, but that's exactly how I felt. And that's why I was being very mm -hmm. critical about this because I didn't want it to sure. be, because it's all opinion based. Yeah. And you know? I, I mean, very, very similarly, I had, I actually only ended up playing one, I'll call it a real game with uh, Abdul Adrian, uh, Gorian's Ward with Candlekeep Sage, because in the one game I played, it took a long time. I won. Again, it is a cheap deck that can always put back together, but. Uh, um, I ended up playing a boss monster game with it later on, though, because when you're not fighting against other people and you're all fighting against a single goal, you can play whatever trash decks that you that everyone else hates because you're not killing them with it anymore. It's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. That's a, that's the commander variant. Uh, yeah. So that's boss monster is like where there's a fifth player that is an NPC or whatever where you have to knock it down to zero life. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Very cool stuff. Um, games we played on stream this year. Yes. So I played 207 games not on stream played 117 games on stream nice nice i um i streamed 59 of my 137 games um so it, it's pretty 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 cool um but my win rate is actually i actually i wanted to see what my win, my win rate was for stream games versus non-streamed games so i was curious my streamed game win rate is a 15.25 percent okay it's about three three four percent lower than my overall win percentage um, meaning that my non-streamed games were a 23.08 win percentage. So apparently I suck on streams or, or I'm just you trying play to differently because I, yeah, I, I feel differently. like I play differently when I'm on stream. And that's why I wanted mm -hmm. to track this this year because yeah. I play differently because I want to play the big splashy cards. Agreed. Versus and, and like what people and people say this, I'm using air quotes here, like. Do I want to play the fun play always or the like the play. smart play? Uh -huh. Honestly, they're both they're always they're always fun. Mm -hmm. um, but I feel like I go for the big plays yeah. more often when I'm on stream than I do. Um, totally agree. Yeah. So that's interesting. I didn't I didn't break down my my win percentage mm -hmm. that way, um, but I did play it almost half my games. That's well, well, one third. Of my games yeah. were basically on stream. That's what, yeah. Mine, mine was um, just under fifty percent of my games. Um, and that's just, and that's obviously on a lot more than just our stream because we stream a maximum of fifty-two games per year. Um, so yeah, I think I think we had about forty-eight games uploaded this year or something like that. So yeah, it was probably forty-eight of our own games. Now I had one other new data piece <clears throat> that I was tracking here, and that is game-winning methods. So. It's a little bit strange, uh, so I want to do a little bit of a preface. Um, this is not only the way people are people are winning the game, but it's also the way the fourth player gets knocked out of the game. Because that's really, you know, the player wins when they knock the fourth player out. So a lot of times, if player three knocks out two players and then a fourth player that isn't player three ends up winning, it'll just say the fourth player won based on however they knocked out the last remaining player, if that makes sense. Does that make sense? <clears throat> No. <laughs> okay. So if I if I knock out player two and three with combat damage, and then player four knocks me out with infect, okay. the game will say player four wins with infect. Okay, yeah. And I'm that's all it will now. say. Okay. So given that, I tracked the the way every single game was won and Yeah, so it's the last person that gets knocked out. That's how you count the yes, game as it, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Um so the game ended with this this type of method exactly so 70 of the games were won with generic combat damage okay makes sense commander damage was seven wins oh specifically a crater hoof behemoth was six wins oh infect was four terror of the peaks was three maze's end was three uh and disciple of the vault was two um, there was one other repeating uh, win method, which was Perforos, but it was paired up with a Witty Roast Master in one game. So Perforos repeats twice, Witty Roast Master only repeats once. Wow. So um, it, it was, I I don't win a lot with combat damage, personally. Uh, my, my personal wins are only 12 with combat damage. I have all three, or I have three of the six Crater Hoof wins, two of the four Infect wins, two of the seven Commander damage wins, and a bunch of like single wins out there, but... How many of the mazes end were yours? Uh, zero. <laughs> two of them were yours. <gasps> Only two? There Only two. Well, one of them oh. was on our stream, though, oh. which was not you. Uh, just Kev's well, one with a mazes oh, end. Oh, that did just happen just like a month and a half ago. Mm -hmm. So those are the three mazes end wins. Two from you. And I, I did lose to your Niv-Mizzet deck three times. And I was like, how the heck did I lose that third time? It was a Rakdos charm. 
that's that's fun yeah that's fun mm-hmm. so uh cool stuff that i like to track here um i i won with it's a lot a, more effect than i was expecting i i have a lot were of, they, i built a lot of were they, this year. uh and i and you might not have it but was <laughs> it in fact as in like grafted exoskeleton or was it like um Triumph of the Hordes. My two wins were Triumph of the Hordes. Okay. There was a third win, which was Triumph of the Hordes, and the fourth win just said Infect, so I don't believe it was Triumph. It was probably Proliferate. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wild. Mm-hmm. I I can't remember the last time I saw what, some saw a, like a grafted exoskeleton win, but I've only ever seen it really enough that I can remember it in like a Slimefoot deck because sure. you put it on Slimefoot and then you can sack those sapperlings. Oh, that yeah, because it has infect. Nekusar yeah. is a good graphic. Yeah, I just, skeleton. I never really see Nekusar anymore. Um, Nekusar, I mean, we'll get to it. Well, it's the one we oh my gosh, we're going to get there. <laughs> wow. So that was all the, the, the new stuff that we tracked this year. So um, I did not expect to play one third of all of my commander games on stream, though. Yeah, it's, it's nice cool to have stuff. because I didn't have it before, and I wonder how many how many games mm-hmm. we played on stream in twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one. You know, probably I would have guessed less, but I would assume less. But twenty twenty year we started streaming, we tried to play a lot. That's so, true. That's so who true. Knows? Who knows? All right, <clears throat> let's talk about the decks we did play, though. So we're going to talk about the top ten commanders that we played this year, how many times, and then how well those decks performed. So um, I'm going to start here with my list. And the commander I played the most this year was Kaza Royal Chaser. Nice. Wizards. Wizards. Is it Wizards? A deck is that... Is it what? Is, uh, is it? Uh, we didn't... I did not. We. I didn't expect to be... To, to, for this deck to even be around. So we built it originally for a $50 commander stream for Zendikar Rising commanders. Okay. Um, that yep. we played on Twitch... That was a long time ago. A long, long time ago. And my deck didn't really do anything on the stream, unfortunately. Like I started setting up and then it was like, oh, the game's over. You didn't really do much. Mm-hmm. Um, I also am really proud of this one because it's the first like, I don't say, I don't want to say first, but it, it was one where I I did not um, start. I, I actually invented something as opposed to starting with someone's wheel and then, oh, just, sure. then just changing it because mm-hmm. I play a lot of um, cards that just untap a creature um and then i can tap kaza to reduce my spells by the number of wizards that i have so you can hold priority and and tap and untap with twiddle uh twiddle is the the namesake card but there's a ton of cards that do the same thing mm-hmm. um and then i just went with giant x spells like banefire and um uh, electrodominance and there's there's just, there's there's actually quite a few fireball and comet storm um, so I played that 25 times and I won 12 times, 48% win rate, nice. which I think is crazy. Um, however, I did, I did want to dive into that and see if there was something that was, um, contributing to that. And sure. three, three of the games that I did win, I was able to cast expropriate. And I will say, I think expropriate in that deck might actually be too easy to cast. Okay. So I think I might want to take it out cause, cause, um, getting four wizards and then just having four mana and then. Mm-hmm being able to untap Kaza even one additional time is just the expropriate man. Sure. That's all you need. Um, And when I did cast expropriate all except for one time mm-hmm. I won because one time I expropriated and took you guys on stream gave me four turns yeah. and I miscounted the number of cards in my deck and I windfalled and milled myself out and mm. could not, mm-hmm. um, could not win. So I, that was wild. I believe that may have been my one win on the season that that was labeled as opponent mistake as the win condition. Nice. It may have been. Yeah. So Kaza is number one. Cool. Number two is Jaren Corrupted Bishop. Okay. Makes sense. 23 games. Nice. Very nice. Yes. So I counted both builds of Jaren though together. So there's Jaren Corrupted Bishop, which is the regular life exchange. And then I have a Shadowborn Apostle version, but I only play the Shadowborn Apostle version like three times. Sure. Um, after that was Neambia Steam Speaker at 18 times. Exava Rakdos Blood Witch 18 times as well. My mm-hmm. sleeveless deck. I honestly thought that that was going to be my most played deck. Okay. And I didn't want to skew things, so I refused to look at it. Sure. But turns out Kaza did did take it. Oh, yeah. You know. Kaza, Kaza, I mean, Kaza was the one you were bringing to the LGS a lot too, right? Because it's just fun. Yeah. You know, it's it's it's... But and it's a bunch of cards people don't see very often. Agreed. You know? Um, and then Drago Gory Lichward 17 times, Ginny Faye Jetmere second 15 times, Nivmizit Reborn, which is put back together 12 times, and then the last three are all 10 times. Adrix and Neptune Casters, Tovalar, Dire Overlord, and then the Locust God. Very cool. Most um, played games. 
I I have a lot less games per deck, but I did play one one third the amount of games. Sure. Did, so that makes sense. Uh, my number one was a Henzi Toolbox Tori. What? At, really? At 10 games on the year. Um, that that deck got built like right before we went to Command Fest Indianapolis. Oh, just played it, a bunch. There. It got work at Command Fest. Yeah, because I was gonna, I I was going to bet money that it was your Will and Shameless Charlatan deck. <laughs> not even number two. Not even. I would have lost all my money, which is why I'm not a betting yeah. man. Yeah, uh, we'll we'll get there. That one's tied for number three. But yeah, my Henzi deck was number one. Um, there there is a couple you know prefaces here. I had two three player games with my Henzi deck and one boss monster game with the Henzi deck. So there were seven four player games. Sure. With the Henzi deck, but I had three wins overall. One of them was a three player game. Uh, one of them was the boss monster game uh, for a total of a thirty percent win rate. So I actually only won one game of my four player games with Henzi Toolbox okay. Tori. Okay. Um my second most played was my Morophon the Boundless deck at nine games. And then a three-way tie at eight games with Osgear the Reconstructor, which involved a three-player game and a two-headed giant game. Ikra Shidiki the Usurper and Sakashima of a Thousand Faces, which had two three-player games and then my will blade of frontiers with charmless shameless charlatan charmless shameless <laughs> which were all four player games uh, for all eight of those games played there at seven games i had delina wild mage rafine scheming seer and sutoru umazawa which was my budget um kamigawa deck uh when you had built were you building Shorakai at the time? Did you build Shorakai? Shorakai is together. I don't. I don't play it very often. Yeah, um, and then my last two tied at six games were my Bailiff Baritol Entertainer with Master Chef uh, background and brand new Ambassador Blorpity Blorpoop got uh, six games in. That's and that's that's pretty quick because that just came out. Yeah, I think three of them were on stream. Two or three of them were on stream. Yeah, uh, of the new decks, I think you built this year. I think that one's my favorite of, of it, your new decks, and I like Will and Shameless Charlatan. They're a lot of fun. Very just like roll them out and just play a fun casual game type of decks. It, uh, I guess I did say roll them out. That's kind of funny with Will. Yeah, huh? Bailiff Baritol though can eat it. No, thank you. <laughs> I love Bailiff. <laughs> the, I, the last game I played with Bailiff, Bailiff goaded. Uh, a bunch of creatures and none of them died so i got no treasures whatsoever but at least they weren't swinging at you so i mean still still an upside still an that's upside. true um win percentages based on the different number of people in pods you know what's funny i know you're mentioning like boss monster Twitter. i had no commander variant games period this no year three player games? i well i had a three-player oh, game okay. but i didn't play any i didn't play two-headed giant and i didn't have like pinata or boss monster mm -hmm. i didn't do um when we were at command fest indie i didn't do those side events because yeah. i there were so many people there that i got to meet from commander's herald mm -hmm. other other people that just live in other states that i just wanted to hang out with more so i didn't actually do any of the side events i just played regular commander with three or four people um i had 290 games that were with four people and i had 34 games with three people nice um i i had a, a pretty similar breakdown um, I had uh, uh, 16 three-player games um, and then 121 four-player games. Um, but my three-player game win rate was really high. I mean, it's only 16 games. Mine's also <laughs> really high. So if in, in my regular games, it was 32% win rate. Okay. That was, that was where it was. But it's also 290 games, right? Mm -hmm. Being weighed against 34 games. Mm -hmm. Where in those three-player games, I won 59% oh, of the time. Okay. I'm glad your number is higher than mine. <laughs> <laughs> so my four-player game win rate was 18.18%. And my three-player game win rate was 43.75%. Um, yeah, I mean, three-player games are easier to win. And you can look at three-player games as you're shooting for that 33%, not the 25% if you if you are shooting for that. But three-player games are a lot more volatile than four-player games, too. I mean, players die quickly. If there. one player falls behind in a three-player game, it it really becomes a, an issue, yeah. right? Um, if one person falls behind in a four-player game, sometimes some will be there to help pick them yeah, up. You can ignore them. It's fine. You can, well, until until they come back and they've been able to sandbag a bunch of stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've all seen it. We've done it. You're like, oh, poor me. I only have four lands. And then you get three lands in a row. That's true. But people have used up their resources mm -hmm. to deal with the other folks. And now you've got some resources, right? If you feel like, you know, you can hold back your removal for a little longer because everybody else has used theirs. It's totally true. Um. Yeah, I 
I didn't look too much into what kind of decks that I was playing um, in those, but I know that I definitely had a game where one player got got completely um, mana screwed and they just couldn't participate. And sure. it was it was then a one v one game between me and the other person because I wasn't I wasn't gonna swing at that. Sure. Um, and then they they weren't able to like keep up and recover. Right. And that was only one game. Um, but I assume just looking at this number that it was likely the case for some others. Um, However, I would rather play personally in a three-person game than a five-person game. I agree. Um, five can go really, really long. Um, but spell table doesn't support it. It does. It doesn't. <laughs> unfortunately, it, you know, you can you can do spell table with three people. Um, but in in five people, it, it feels like um, combo decks really win. In, oh, for sure. In, in the five, mm -hmm. if if people have used their resources, and that's. It's just that's just what I've seen yeah. happen. I would say, <clears throat> I mean, we 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 almost begun this conversation talking about commander variants, uh, commander game variants. Commander game variants are where the combo decks definitely flourish and thrive. Six player games, two headed giant, where you can hit two people at the same time for double damage with like your aristocrat triggers and stuff. Those are the combo are all gonna to go to there. But I, I think even in three player games combat damage gets there a lot faster too i mean voltron decks have a have a huge advantage in a three-player game right all right let's talk about our commander that had the the highest win percentage and um i was trying not to to go into this uh too quickly but my <laughs> my deck um uh, earlier when you were oh, mentioning okay, gotcha. um <clears throat> whether or not we were playing them in the right pod. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Um, but my commander that won the most is is, is Niv Mizzet Reborn. Okay. Um, actually, nice. so it is my my Gates deck. It is a five color commander that cares about two two card colors. Um, you know the the guild pairings. Um, when Niv Mizzet enters, you reveal the top ten and you get to put a card of each color pairing uh, into your hand. Um. And uh, I built it as a gate deck. So I there's we now have. We now have 21 gates. Mm -hmm. uh, I played 20 of them in the deck. I, I don't play Thran Portal. Um, I, I honestly, I have it. And I, I purchased it for it. It's in foil. It's I just damage. You take you do, you do damage. You don't want to take it. It's damage. fine. No, we're fine. Um, <laughs> but I uh, played that deck 12 times. Mm -hmm. And it won 11 times. Wow. 92%. Nice. And seven of them were Maze's End wins. Yeah. Maze's End is, I mean, it's, you can see it coming. Mm -hmm. You can do stuff about it. And one time it was, someone's, I'm a ghost quarter you. Yeah. Another time someone actually did a role reversal and took my Maze's End and gave me one of their lands instead. Oh, that's funny. And then when they died, I don't get that land back. That's true. Exactly. So I had to win a different way. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. But the fact that I got seven Maze's End wins at first, I thought, "Is this deck just not fair? Like, what, what, what's wrong here?" That was what I was thinking. Uh, I'm not sure what to change in that deck to, no. to make it any different because I think it's just like like Niv Mizzet pours into the right <clears throat> the right time of the game for your strategy because Niv Mizzet it has like a lot of four to six mana value spells that help you. I mean, control's probably the wrong word, but it's just good value, four to six mana spells that will help you get to your win condition when it comes to that turn six, seven, where you're trying to win with Maze's End. Maybe it's more like turn eight or nine with Maze's End, but yeah, it's a perfect Niv Mizzet with Maze's End, I think is like Niv Mizzet is the perfect commander that doesn't say lands on it to go with Maze's End. Yeah, it doesn't say lands. Mm -hmm. And um, I think the the addition of, of like, I know we had a Maze's End episode this year, mm -hmm. but Gretchen Titchwillow just being able to draw oh. you a card and put put a land into play, mm -hmm. um, that did it for me twice. Yeah. It happened once on stream where I passed with with an, with eight gates mm -hmm. and Maze's End. And I remember you went next, there was a third player. And then as the fourth player was finishing their turn, they go, oh wait, hold yeah, on, hold on. We already lose, don't we? Mm -hmm. And and uh, I I activated it, was able to put the ninth gate in and then on my upkeep, I could activate Maze's End. Oh yeah. So um, it it's a great deck. I, I didn't expect it to win that many times mm -hmm. and that many times with Maze's End. But that is what I try to just do is play Maze's yeah. End. But when you can play a gate every single turn mm -hmm. and having gone gate that makes your gate comes in untapped, yeah. which is the amulet of vigor huge, huge, um, huge. gate. I will say that getting gone gate when I can search for uh, any land, because most of the, the things are search for 
gates tapped or search for um a basic yeah um if i can grab the gone gate i usually grab that one first of course and i usually will keep even if it's kind of a bad hand mm -hmm. i usually keep it if i have the gone gate because i'm okay. like likely to draw another gate oh yeah or or a search spell to go grab a different gate exactly all right well my highest win percentage um was a it's one of my few like soul the only way this is going to win is with a combo and that is my Iluna Apex of Wishes Polymorph deck. Uh, I played six games, or sorry, I played five games and I only lost one. Um, I did have one three-player game that I won. Um, my one loss was at Command Fest Indie to our friend Torin's Trin and Silvar Partners deck. Oh, nice. I believe it was the first time that his deck had won. Uh, so it was the first time for, for and only time this year that my Iluna deck lost. So, um, that Iluna deck has had some upgrades and some changes over the past year uh, with some 40K cards and some uh, other polymorph cards that came out previous. Um, I think Brothers War had a new polymorph card that I put in there, but the deck doesn't change too much. It's very consistent. There's 14 hits I can get with my polymorph spells. So as long as I know what's on the battlefield, how many things I'm going to polymorph, what's in my hand and what's in my graveyard and what's left in my deck, I think it's a it's a deck that's starting to become almost a little bit boring to me. It is random what permanent I get, but if I get 12 permanents, I know exactly what 12 permanents I'm going to get. Yeah, um, that's fair. But it's it's a consistent deck. I still like it a lot. Uh, I, I feel like I only pull it out when people are like, we want kind of a quicker game or a game with a little bit higher power, something that can win out of nowhere is not a problem. Um, I've never won with commander damage, but I have knocked some people out with commander damage with Aluna. Uh, don't sleep on the flying trample. Don't sleep on the flying trample. Now, commanders we played that had the lowest win rate, which I had a clear a clear winner. So we we said that we wanted it to be like more than playing playing the deck at least three times, mm -hmm. right? Because I have plenty of decks that I've played once or twice and they just they just didn't win. Sure. So we wanted to pick a deck that we've actually played a few times and can can, you know, definitely say uh it didn't didn't do what it was supposed to do. And for me, that's Tovalar Dire Overlord. Um I played it ten times this year and I won exactly zero times. Nice. Ten ten times. Um I I came in fourth also a lot yeah. with Tovalar. Actually that's it, we're going to talk about that in, in another stat, but I, ha I actually, Tovalar was my commander I don't own that came up the highest in that list of commanders that died first. Yeah, so, so I, I clearly was flying too close to the sun mm -hmm. in quite a few games hey, to and they said you gotta go. Tovalar swings out, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, you, you have to turn sideways. So I, um, I also don't think there's anything I would change at that deck. No, I mean it's a werewolf deck, yeah, right? Yeah, it's werewolf fun. Things. It plays the Celestis, so that's and that's what more could you need? Mm -hmm. Just you can change it from day to night. Tovalar itself flips day to night, and I will also say there have been many games where the only way I can get that thing to switch to freaking night mm -hmm. is on my own mm -hmm. because Tovalar has that uh, upkeep trigger. Oh yeah. Otherwise, everybody else is playing they're, the right amount of spells, spells and they're they're not letting it flip back and forth no which is fine honestly yeah um because eventually you'll get you'll you'll just have enough werewolves out where tovalar is going to switch them to werewolves all the time and yeah you'll be fine you'll yeah be fine. so tovalar tovalar did not did not do anything was the most losingest of of my commanders um and i I played it. I mean, 10 times is a lot mm -hmm. for, you know, when you think about the average amount uh, of games that that people who aren't playing on streams and constantly playing at their LGS and playing with their friends and going to magic events play 10 times is a lot. It is. And um, if somebody had built that deck and had no success, that's why I think about this. Sometimes sure. it's like I would hope people are having fun and I love playing Tovalar. There you go. And that's all that matters. Right. Now, um, given our criteria of at least three games, uh, I, I did have an eight-way tie. Okay. <laughs> for my for my uh, my lowest win percentage commander. Um, you can probably guess they're all at 0%. So zero wins for all of these. Uh, starting off, we have my Cody Vociferous Codex uh, Secret Brash Taunter deck, which had three games and three losses. That deck's in the trash right now. That was not a good deck. It was fun while it lasted. Uh, Sivorous Nightmare Speaker with Shameless Charlatan, uh, which is my new Zombies deck. I've played it three times and had three losses. Wouldn't change a thing. It's Zombies. It, it'll, it'll win eventually. Three games isn't enough to, to see that one yet. 
Ellen Harvey's busybody with haunted one. My humans, uh, my my new black white tokens and human stack had five games and five losses. That one I've made some recent upgrades to. I like that deck a lot. I can't wait to keep playing it. it the, I I do have to have a rule zero conversation with that one because I do play above average number of board wipes. I want to make sure that the the game is going to be enjoyable for everybody. I I think I play like six or seven board wipes because I try to make them one sided with my haunted one uh, background. So. I don't get to play that uh, advantageously a lot against people with big creature decks and stuff. So maybe that's why it has five games and five losses, but it's still always fun when I play it. Varric Warps End Gear, five games, five losses. That one, the first three games don't count. So it's really only two games, two losses. That one will get a win soon. Um, Ambassador Blorpity Blorp Boop has six games and six losses. I never built that deck to win, but it has killed people. So I'm happy with that. We had to team up against <laughs> yeah. you on our last stream of the whole year. Yeah. Uh, when you get when you get a 10-10 Flying Infect Commander, um, it's pretty cool. So yeah, yeah it's pretty cool. Uh, my Satora Umazawa $50 budget build um, has played seven games. It had seven losses. And then the two, I guess, maybe surprising ones, uh, Will, Blade of Frontiers and Shameless Charlatan has eight games and eight losses, has not won a game. And my Morophon the Boundless has nine games and nine losses. Not a single win on the year for Morophon. Although that game, that deck has also... That deck does work every game. Every single game. Joe to the Unifier, that one game, we were like, <laughs> I have no idea what's going on right now. I, I know. I, we always, I always talk about like, uh, like if you play like a first person shooter or something, they would keep track of your kill, death, and assist or whatever. I bet the kill, death ratio of my Morophon deck is very high, even if it doesn't have a lot of wins. It kills a lot of people. It does. It does. Um, and, and all right, the total number of unique decks uh, or commanders that we played this year. So yeah. I played 52 different decks nice. this year. Um, so some were pre-cons, mm -hmm. some were new decks, um, decks that I've had for years. Mm -hmm. And I did do a cube draft. So oh, I okay. did I did count those as well. Um, did you I, count our Baldur's Gate draft? I did. Okay. Yep. I do count those as well. Um, so I have pre-cons set as different decks in my stats. So if I do play like... Um, a pre-con version and an upgraded version. Like I actually build it like the Shorakai pre-con is marked different than the Shorakai after I, I made all the updates and it was like, this is the Shorakai version that I would like to play. Mm -hmm. So those are marked as two different decks. Although the commander is the same. This is, 52 different true like true different decks sure um although i guess you could argue anytime you make an update to your deck it's a different deck but you could. um that's how that's how i track that so 52 different Very cool. um tells me i have too many decks um, but some of you just you just no but you just keep using that preface a lot of them are pre -cons. a lot of them are pre-cons a lot They're, of them are drafts a lot of them were only played on moxfield playtester i swear exactly <laughs> Um, I had 39 unique commanders and commander combinations that I played with. Um, also including You're not a lot too of, far off from me then. A lot of one-offs from honestly like the 40k pre-cons. Whenever I, I play oh, yeah, the 40k yeah. pre-cons, I try to play a new commander, even if I'm playing the same deck. Have you played play all four alternate. at this point? Have you played I have three not played the Tyranid deck yet. No, I would really like to. I played the Necron deck twice, the Chaos deck once, and the Inquisitor's deck twice. But Tyranid seems to be a popular one when I put it out for four people Is to play. Is that the Grixis or the Teamer one? The Teamer one. Oh, the Teamer one. Yeah, the okay. Aliens. The aliens yes well, i mean they're all aliens i guess but like the ones that look like like xeno like <laughs> around <Yeah. laughs> hey uh we only made it through about half i wouldn't even say half our agenda we uh -huh. made it through maybe the first quarter here mm -hmm. um we're gonna wrap up this week's episode but we're gonna continue on with stats um for the next couple of weeks here so um thank you everybody for listening um but stay tuned if you want to hear more we've got commanders that came in fourth the commanders we played against people we played with how many months we played uh or i guess each um trends of the top commanders that won period in all of our stats so we have a lot more coming up so stick around um and if you want to chat with me online, you can find me at Andy Flory on Twitter. And you can find me on Twitter at WormCoilEngine. And of course, please come back for next week to hear the rest of our stats. We'll talk to you then.